Imagine being present, calm, and connected while creating a family environment where everyone can thrive. Welcome to the I Am Mom Parenting Podcast, providing inspiration and actionable steps to manifest the meaningful and magical life you desire for you and your family. We are your hosts, Dimple Aurora, founder of Mindful Evolution and Shaista Fateli, founder of Thrive Kids. Thank you for sharing the I Am Mom journey with us. Let's get started. Hi there, today we are speaking about strong-willed children and parenting these children. What do these parents need to survive the daily grind? Sometimes having a highly spirited or gladiator child can leave a parent feeling depleted, frustrated, and lacking any joy or zest left for life. You've probably heard that moms need self-care and you may be thinking, I don't have time for that. The way you take care of yourself affects so many areas of your life and it is worth making the effort. And here to talk to us about that today is Natalie. She's a certified connected parenting coach, an educator for parents, an entrepreneur, best-selling author, and founder of the Evolving Families Summit. Using a methodical mind-body approach, Natalie gently and warmly supports parents to break through their generational patterns and works with parents to learn practical everyday solutions combined with lifelong sustainable practices and empowering them to be the change that they want to see in their family. Natalie, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. We are so excited. Dimple and I were talking yesterday about how stoked we are for this conversation because it's just so applicable to all families. And I know that you specifically work with parents on strong-willed children. So can you tell us what defines, what characteristics a strong-willed child has? Yeah, for sure. And and, and uh, strong-willed is... I'll describe that a bit, but the gladiator is like uh, an up level of the strong-willed child is really is like, is on its own sort of um, platform there. So, you know, strong-willed children, a lot of, a lot of us do truthfully have strong-willed children. A lot of us uh, just because of the way um, evolutionarily, how we have shifted in parenting and, and our, and our species has evolved, our kids are a little bit more um, aware and conscious and, 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 with that comes a bit more strong willedness in, in their in the way that they are. Mm-hmm. But a gladiator kid is a child who is almost relentless, like just super, super strong willed, sassy, feisty, prickly, like just um super uber focused on what they want and that's what they're honing in on. Mm-hmm. Um, very difficult to negotiate with them. Like I said, they're like I said, they are relentless. So they're relentless negotiators as well. And they they're so strong well that you, the parent often just feels defeated or so mm-hmm. exhausted from having a child who is a gladiator. And the biggest the the most um the best way to kind of figure out whether or not you have a gladiator kid is exactly that. If you're that parent who has tried a million other things, and many, many other parenting methodologies work on their other kids, but not that one kid. 
not that one kid who it actually backfires on and they kind of like lost their confidence in being a parent and being able to support their kid in a way that is effective and loving. Mm. That's how you know when you have a gladiator kid. And Mm. that was me. (laughs) Yeah. And speaking of you, so if you could tell us a little bit about your story with your daughter as a gladiator child and how uh, you recognize that and what kinds of strategies you use that didn't work necessarily on her and how you change some of that um, paradigm that we are all brought up with. Yes. And you know, this is such a good question because we really are stuck between two different paradigms. The paradigm that we um, grew up with, and a lot of that is very subconscious. You have patterns that you, most people unknowingly have. They just think that it's normal, that it's their Um, personality, quote unquote, but it really is patterning, conditioned patterning that has happened from when they were brought up. Then they become parents, okay, we became parents, and then we have children who, as I explained at the beginning, evolutionarily, we, they've, they've already evolved in some way, our species has evolved, so our parenting did not does not work traditionally on a new way of parenting. This is where parents get stuck. They, they find it hard to bridge the gap, which is where my magic comes in with them because they're trying to really hard to parent and they have good values, they have good heart, yeah. but they have these kids as well that are so difficult and they want to, they do know that they want to parent their child with on a more awakened level, like on a more conscious and aware level but it's so hard to do that with a gladiator kid. And that's where connected parenting um, comes into play because I tried so many other things Mm -hmm. and, you know, things from like, for example, before I even explored other parenting methodologies, I, I was, you know, doing the traditional bribing, um, yelling, um, that like those didn't work. They backfired big time. She would she would call my bluff all the time. Like, and, and, and it's hard because you end up, because you're so depleted with a gladiator kid. Mm-hmm. You, and, and I don't normally um, like to use external and I don't now, I don't use it so much more, but at that point, you, when you have a gladiator kid, that's all you end up, you're surviving. You're mm-hmm. just surviving. So you end up using your survival parenting tactics that don't work. And again, because you're in survival mode and you're depleted, you resort back to your default pattern that happened when you were a kid. And that's why it becomes very difficult to, for parents to, to shift and bridge that gap. They're like, Hey, this worked on me. Oh, and, oh, and then their, their family members are like, well, you turned out. Okay. Yeah. And, and like, and it worked on you. Mm-hmm. And then you start questioning yourself. Oh, well, my, my siblings, it works on their kids. Mm-hmm. Or my my kids' friends, it looks like they're it works on them. Why isn't it working on me? Mm-hmm. Why isn't it working for my family? And that and then you end up feeling really alone. And that's where I was. And I I, I you know feeling alone is one thing, but it was extremely stressful. And there's a lot of chronic stress there for me. And that's yeah. where where my um where my book came into play because I describe it's a very vulnerable story because it's you know, it's not the most proud story, but when you're a parent and you're so depleted, yeah, 
you just end up doing whatever, like I said, survival mode. It's survival mode. And then you try your best just to survive the day, get by day by day. And it's hard to then make that shift. Absolutely. And you, you just mentioned your book. I actually have it here. You wrote a chapter in this book, Ignite Love. And you talk a little bit about your story and what comes up, I feel so much compassion for these parents because what happens is they end up in this state of fight or flight all the time without realizing it. So really they're, they're parenting from accessing the limbic part of their brain and don't even realize it, which puts the body out of a healing state as well. And I feel that those parents, it's a challenge for them to focus on becoming aware and, and, and realizing that they need self-care. Now you spoke about connected parenting. So mm -hmm. what is connected parenting and what types of strategies does it involve? Yeah, I, I love connected parenting. It's what I am certified in. It's the, the, that term gladiator kid came from connected parenting and Jennifer mm -hmm. Colary, she coined it. And that's what really resonated with me because mm -hmm. the, although there's so many challenges with a gladiator kid, there's so much to celebrate as well, because mm -hmm. really those, a lot of those attributes that I mentioned about a gladiator kid, the relentless negotiating, the super strong will, super focused. All of those wonderful attributes are great when you're a CEO of a company, <laughs> but when you're trying to parent a kid, it is so tough. So it's yeah. this, 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 you go through this internal struggle of, I don't want to uh, suppress my child's spirit. Yes. And at the same time, I've got to maintain some sanity when I'm parenting. So how do I do this? And this is where connected parenting comes so wonderfully into play because it really helps to draw the bridge between those two those two challenges that you, that you, that many parents experience. Mm -hmm. So with connected parenting, we taught the crux of it is the calm technique, which really supports um, having your child feeling heard and validated and in such a beautiful way, because one of the techniques that we use within the calm technique is mirroring, which is actually a therapist way of working with a client, but you mm -hmm. teach your, so I teach my, my parent clients this strategy and then they use it with their kids. Mm -hmm. um, and it's such a beautiful uh, way of, a, a, of a, and as you mentioned this before, Dimple, it's a mind-body experience because it really is honing in on your own system and mirroring that with your child and vice versa. Mm -hmm. We, we naturally, when you, when you're, when I, and I talk about this a little bit in the book, unconditional love. Okay. This unconditional, how do you have this unconditional love? It's those beautiful moments that when your child, and it's not, not everybody, because everyone has different experience. Okay. But mm -hmm. more often than not, when your child is a cute little baby, they're just born and you just want to squeeze their cheeks and they're just, or if they're sleeping and they're just adorable and you just that kind of unconditional love or, or with a pet, a pet, like yeah. that kind of unconditional, beautiful love that there happens so naturally between a newborn and a mom or dad, a caregiver. That's the kind of natural mirroring that we do. 
Okay. And there's a, there's a study on still face baby. Like there's a lot that goes into understanding how you are mirrors in onto your child and vice versa. But here's the thing, as we grow up, we have experiences, small T traumas, big T traumas, all of those jade, that ability, they, they like mask our ability to be authentically loving and connected. So mm-hmm. when you can tap back into marrying with your child, and that's done through the content week, you really can start to create this beautiful, deep, sustainable relationship with your loved ones. And by the way, not just applicable with your kids, applicable with spouse, with colleagues, with in-laws, you name it. My goodness. Yeah, that sounds so incredible. When I'm hearing you talk, there's there just seems to be a lot of presence that is involved in that. And you mentioned unconditional love and tapping back into that innate feeling that you have when you first see your child, when you give birth or when you first have that connection with your with your baby. Um, and you're right. A lot of the times what happens is that experiences happen and it kind of gets a bit jaded, right? And yeah. there's this polar opposition that kind of happens, right? Where you have this intense love, but you have this experience that's happening with your child, which then causes so much stress for you as a parent. And when we are using these techniques that, uh, you know, we might see on TV shows, for example, (laughs) or uh, we've heard other parents use, or Mm. we've been quote unquote taught and they don't work. Mm. What comes up is guilt. Yeah, guilt, guilt. mom, shame. Mm -hmm. Am I doing this right? Your confidence as a parent just completely plummets. it's, it's very difficult to then, and, and this is where the self-care comes into play yes. mm-hmm. and it's so hard. And I, like uh, the program I have, I don't even call it self-care. I call it simply back to me because people don't, when you're a parent and you're just in survival mode, self-care is like the lat. they're like, I don't have time for that. Right. Mm-hmm. You talked about this before. Oh, yeah. well, I, don't, I don't have time for that. Yeah. And the reality is it's, yeah, I get that. Absolutely. I, hello, I've been there. Absolutely. And had I known the benefits, the neurobiological benefits, not only to yourself, but the ripple effect that it has onto your loved ones, I would have done it a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to know a little bit about your definition of self-care. Um, mm. Quite often, I hear differing um, explanations of self-care and, you know, um, some may suggest self-care would be just to have a bubble bath once, and that is taking care of yourself. What is your philosophy around self-care and some examples of self-care? Yeah, that's such a good question. And I don't have a right answer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the reason for that, and this is why I have a program around it because, and I'll, and I'll share, I'll definitely share a couple of my top five, mm-hmm. but it, the self self care, bringing joy back into your life. Cause essentially that's what the goal is. Mm-hmm. How do you bring authentic, long lasting joy back into your life? 
Um, that's the goal. So if, and, and there's a distinction between uh, an authentic self-care practice and a coping strategy. Oh, okay. And that can be very different person to person. And that's why I can't really say, well, this is the exact answer. You need to follow this formula. And then you're going to, you have to understand what works for you. And what's funny is when people come to my program and parents that, I, that, that come to me, when I ask them, what brings you joy? Most of them don't even really know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's, an, that's a very natural response because they are so inundated with surviving and servicing, in, especially in parenthood, everyone else, that they lose some of themselves in it, which is why I call it simply back to me. Because, and, and here's the kicker, in order for you to be the best, quote unquote, parent, you have to be your best self first. It's, it goes back to the airplane analogy of the oxygen mask. Mm -hmm. Most parents be like, well, I'm going to put on my kid first. Of course, that, that's instinctually you want to help your kid first. Yes, that makes sense. But if you don't have your mask on and haven't, you're not 100%, you're not going to be able to put the mask on your kid anyway. Mm -hmm. So you need to get the mask on first. You need to fill your cup up first. Definitely. I, I really love... Um... I love my own self-care practices as well. I feel like I, I can't survive without them. And if I did not discover them, you know, bef you know, at some point in my parenting, I, I mean, I had my two-year-old at one point saying, mama, I think you need to go meditate, right? <laughs> so just modeling, they're, right? They're modeling so intuitive. They're, <laughs> they're so, so intuitive though, right? They get it. Yes. We're like... Yes. So, yeah. so what are some of your um, top self-care strategies that you actually see working with, with clients? Yes. Okay, good. So the, I'd say that one of the top ones is, well, the top one is gratitude, mm -hmm. expressing gratitude. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to explain the neurobiology behind it. Okay. Because mm -hmm. this is when I say, oh, gratitude. And if you're kind of like, uh, whatever, I'll, please bear with me. Listen to this just for a moment. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's a part of your brain called the reticular activation system. And that part of your brain helps. It's like a neural network. So it, it's, you, you, there's so much stimuli coming into your brain at all times through all of your senses in order for you not to just pass out from all the information, the reticular activation system helps to hone in just on the necessary things. Here's the thing though, you get to tell it what the necessary things are. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's some like basic survival things that you need to hone in on, of course, but you also need to, when we, when we start to look for the good and start to have appreciation and gratitude for what is working, which again, can be really hard to do when you are completely tapped out. I yeah. get it. Yeah. And, and, and expressing gratitude doesn't have to do any, it doesn't have to do anything with your family. It could be the fact that you have two eyes that allow you to see mm -hmm. that you have two ears that are allowing you to listen to this and learn and hear what's possible. Mm -hmm. once we tell the reticular activation system to start looking for things that are that we do appreciate and we're grateful for it will start to look for more things in our life now if you can do this with your kids as well 
that will also start to shift. And you mentioned this, this before, Shasta, about um, it's really hard when you have a kid that you have so much unconditional love for, but then you're, you're, you're torn because you're just so angry. And a lot of parents get, and that was me, I was super angry, resentful. Mm-hmm. Like this wasn't working. And a lot of parents, they, they come to me like, listen, I love my kid, but I actually really don't like them right now. Mm-hmm. And, and if you don't have a gladiator kid right now, a lot of my clients are teen parents as well, because that ends up happening when they're teens as well, when they start to rebel, yeah. when they haven't had the ability to fully express who they are, that sometimes comes out in teenagehood. Okay. So this is applicable. Even if you don't have a gladiator kid, teen, same thing. So expressing gratitude is huge. And you can do that so simply. I, I personally started with a five minute journal because I didn't see how I could possibly have five minutes to myself. So mm-hmm. I carved that out whenever my kids were napping, whenever I could, just to write down in my five minute journal. If that's not avail- available for you, say it in your head. Mm-hmm. And the best way to do that is to habit stack it on something that you're already doing. Okay, if you have no, and this is why when parents say, oh, I have no time, I get it. And, and pick something that you're doing every single day, brushing teeth, having a cup of coffee, whether or not it's cold or hot, (laughs) that's debatable. Um, But brushing your teeth is a great one. Washing hands is another great one. Every time you do that habit, that's habitual already, add on this other habit, this good habit that is going to fuel you authentically just add it on to there. Mm-hmm. It can be that simple. So that's one thing, gratitude. And that's like, again, it could be that simple as just saying it on when you're doing something different or writing it down and journaling it. Mm-hmm. So that's one simple example, okay? Another thing is getting into nature and getting into movement. Mm-hmm. And Shasta, you were talking about this before, you run every morning, that, that could be your meditation. That is your authentic self-care. That's a beautiful thing to do. And Dimple, I know you meditate a lot. I do too. That's another one. If it calls for you. So the reason why I can't say these top five um, self-care strategies are going to work for you is -hmm. because it's a very personal choice and you have to um, decide what and, and notice what brings you the most joy and bliss, which like I said before, a lot of parents don't even know what that is. Mm-hmm. I feel like also during this pandemic, a lot of people were, well, continue to be quite heightened and, and stressed out. But there's also a lot of people who did connect with their true self and did find ways to navigate amongst this turmoil inside. And one of the ways was to find what brings them joy and sparks their passion. So you will, it's funny now, right? Because you see so many people who are expert bakers now or, um, (laughs) you know, (laughs) get that sourdough starter kit out. (laughs) But they just have this uh, joy that has been brought out from them now. It's kind of forced them to kind of look inward because that time has been, uh, had been given to them and, 
enabled them to do that, right? And I think um, finding what sparks that, what gives you joy, what lights you up is just so beautiful. And just like you said, it's not going to be one thing that is going to work for everyone. The concept of gratitude is also something that Dimple and I have um, a really strong opinion on as well. We've talked about it in previous episodes and cultivating that with your children. And is that something that you see the parents that you work with do with their children? Any kind of self-care strategies that they could do together? Absolutely. And here's, I love that, that you kind of walked into this because here's the thing we're modeling, you know, as, as a parent, you're modeling hundred percent of the time, mm-hmm. you're modeling behavior 100% of the time when we start. So if you're not, and here's what I see parents, if you're not willing to do it for yourself, because again, some parents are, especially moms, they might find it hard to again carve out the time for themselves. They might think there's a lot of selfishness to it they don't have the time like all of there's a lot that can go on a lot of negative inner dialogue that can happen when they're deciding whether or not Mm. to invest in themselves and invest in in taking care of themselves if you're not going to do it for you do it for your kids Mm. because yes you are going to be modeling it for them you're going to be establishing healthy boundaries Mm -hmm that your kids will then start to learn, oh, mommy's starting to take care of herself. This means a lot to mommy. Mommy, like, the, mommy knows what brings her joy. I, I, I'm looking at mommy and I'm inspired by her, 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 her ability to find something that brings her joy and stay with it. Yeah. Those things are wonderful, beautiful habits to have as adults. And most parents that I work with don't even know how to set up a boundary. And you know why? Because many of us were never taught that. No. And this goes back to the old paradigm. Just because that worked, quote unquote, for you, doesn't mean it's the best thing. Once you know better, you can do better. Yes, and generationally, we are taught to be so self-sacrificing. And we see self-care as a selfish act. A lot of women and men, actually, because men are taught to provide for their families, see self-care as a selfish act and they don't even know what it means and what self-care, how self-care could benefit and trickle into every aspect of your life. And actually just today, I was telling a friend that for me, one of the best things in my life that I have so much gratitude for are my friendships because women can, the sisterhood really fuels this joy. And I feel like we are meant to connect, connect with, you know, with other women and have this feeling of sisterhood and this feeling of having a village. It's so necessary, right? So even so many moms feel so guilty for going out with their friends or spending, you know, the time away. And it's so necessary. I know you recently had a weekend away, Natalie. Yes, I did. And you know what? And it's still, you know, it's a practice. It still mm-hmm. comes up for me that, oh, is this, you know, does it make sense for me to do this? But let me tell you, it 
is the best thing that I can do for my family because I become a better person just being able to fuel my cup up. And it doesn't mean it has to be a weekend away. It could just be having wonderful relationships, having that sisterhood or that good friend. And see, and this is, this is where we can kind of having a good support system that lifts you up, right? Because there's a distinction between a support system that continues to keep you in that, that, that negative space. You know, it's good to vent. Of course, it's good to vent. We need to do it. And sometimes we get stuck in that listening and we can get stuck in that way of being and it doesn't allow us to break through what is possible for us and our family. And, and I, I experienced that when I was, um, when my, my child was young, I would always be very resentful and upset that she was doing this. Yeah. She was always doing that. You know, here's a classic line. If you're ever saying to your, anyone really, but for your kids as well. You're making me feel blah. You're making me upset. You're making me sad. You're when we start to, um, have that kind of language about us, it's an indication that there's lots of indications, but one of the indications is, um, we're not able to kind of own our own, our own feelings and emotions. And this is why the self-care is so important because then you get to, you get to soothe that and we don't have to displace, displace it on anyone else in those really trying parenting moments. And they'll get, they're going to come up. The reason we often snap, get upset, fed up, we get triggered, easily triggered is because we don't have the bandwidth. Again, it's understandable, but how can we build the bandwidth? to be there in that moment with our child, to have them screaming and like still be able to hold space for them. Mm -hmm. The work starts with self. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just so empowering to hear, right? And what I'm hearing is that taking back that power within ourselves is just so important when you're saying you are making me feel this way it's that external locus of the control right and and we want yes. that internal locus yes and you know you know what uh, and you brought up a great point you know when it really um came to light for me <laughs> is when my kid threw it back in me mm. you're making mommy you're making me blah 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 and then I was like oh my god this is not, I, I don't want my kid ever to feel like someone has power over how they feel. Yeah. I don't want, and I think that's what you're, you're alluding to, Shai, says that, mm-hmm. that we, it's very empowering to show that you can own those and the best way to own it, again, is to fuel your cup first so that you have the bandwidth to hold space for your very trying, strong-willed, super gladiator kid, because you're yeah. going to need it. Yeah, so it's, yeah. It's, 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 it's chicken and egg, right? It's kind of a chicken yes. and egg thing. And I get it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as I'm hearing you, I feel like it's with every parent. <laughs> I feel like we, well, first of all, you mentioned the evolutionary process. And as generations evolve, what I can see as uh, someone who's been teaching for a long time and have 20 kids every year, 
we're getting a lot of strong-willed children in our classrooms, right? And they're not just strong-willed with us in the classroom. They're gladiator children at home. And so the parents are so burnt out. And even if they aren't quote unquote gladiator children, they do have extremely strong will, uh, strong wills. And um, they have this ability to, um, to exercise their voice to an extent, which is absolutely amazing. But we don't have the strategies or the tools to bridge that gap, as you said. And I think a lot of these strategies that you have alluded to, particularly in taking care of ourselves and filling that cup first, makes a lot of sense. Because then we're trying to connect with their children. We're trying to be present with our children, but we physiologically cannot do that because we are so burnt out. Right. And, and if I may add to the, the, and this is the other reason why I love connected parenting is our thought process is we are not just parents. We are our kids substitute frontal lobe. The frontal lobe is not fully developed until age 25. Mm -hmm. So we have to be fully in our frontal lobe to be able to be present, to be able to connect. But if, but when we're depleted, we are not even in our frontal lobe. We're operating from the limbic system. Mm -hmm. We're still in our amygdala and then we snap and get easily triggered. So this is why, and, and, and a lot of, you know, Shaysa, what you said, like, there is a lot of learning that needs to happen for the child to know when is a socially acceptable cue to scream, right? You don't do it in this place, but you could do it. Mm -hmm. These things, this is where our guidance comes yes. into play, but we can't do that unless we are fully connected. And we can't do that unless our frontal lobe is online all the time. And that is why the self-care again is so important. Oh my gosh. I love this. I love this so much. If you have just hit the nail on the head, with that concept. I mean, we spoke about so much today, but I feel like that is the one, mm -hmm. the one thing that just, it just incorporates all of it. We need to be our child's frontal lobe because theirs is not developed. And the way that they respond to the world is very different. We have many decision-making abilities and logical thinking and they are not there yet. And their frontal lobe is not even developed until they're in their twenties. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, and you know, you spoke about the teens. I also work with teens, you know, mm -hmm. and I always say you, if you want to make a very big life-changing decision, wait a few more years before you can decide effectively to make that decision. And I'll just give a small example, something like, like changing genders. Yeah. Right? I was just going to say that. Yeah. So I always say, because your decision making ability is not fully developed. Right. So it's, it's, it's so powerful, Natalie. I love everything that mm -hmm. you gave us today. Um, we, you spoke about the mirroring. The mirroring is such a powerful technique because it's used even in NLP. It's like you said, it's you, therapists use it. That is how we build rapport. We, you know, and 
Yes. Yeah. And, and, and on top of that, we are using it all the time. We're yes. using Miriam all the time. How we use it, that is where we can learn the skill of how to use it in a way that helps us to deepen our connection, strengthen our relationships, yes. allow each other to be heard and understood. Like this, this we're doing it anyway. We might as well do it in a way that helps us evolve. Yeah, absolutely. And I think building that empathy, right? Um, it's so easy to mirror, but without that empathy, it's not going to get the results that that we want. Yeah, especially when you and your child are going like yeah. like head to head, mm-hmm. it's that yeah. much more difficult. And that's where a skilled learn of mirroring really can support your relationship. Mm-hmm. Natalie, this has been amazing. And tell us what you have to offer for parents. Where can they find you? Uh, there's a lot of information here, but I know you provide a worldwide array of things. So please share with us. Where can our yeah. listeners find you? For sure. You can find me at www.evolvingwithnatalie.com. I'm on IG as well. My handle is at my handle is at evolving with Natalie. And can I give you guys a link as well for of your course. audience? I have sure. some stuff, some fun stuff, some free stuff, some some wonderful things for your community. So if you're open to that, I'll, I'll send that yeah. over your way as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And do you have anything coming up? Any uh, programs for yes. parents coming up? I do. I have a sell the the self-care, which is called Simply Back to Me, that is coming up. The next cohort is going to be coming up. So get in on it because again, the lifelong change, this is not just about parenting. Okay. It is, but at the same time, these are lifelong skills that you're giving yourself, your family, and for generations to come. Literally, you're going to be breaking cycles and it takes support. And that's what I'm there for. Beautiful, beautiful. That's what we're doing with this work. It's healing generations, one thought and one emotion and one choice at a time. Natalie, it's been great having you. We love your work and what you have to offer. And thank you so much for joining us. To our listeners, check the show notes. Natalie has um, a link there with some free resources. Mm -hmm. And we feel that you will really benefit from them. And let us know what you thought of this episode by joining and continuing the conversation in our Facebook group. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the I Am Mom Parenting Journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and head on over to iTunes to leave us a review. We invite you to check out the show notes for this episode and click on the link to join our free Facebook community to stay connected and continue the conversation with other like-minded moms. Until next time, stay inspired, take action, and create magic.